Chapter Sixteen of Fame and Fortune. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Barry Eads. Fame and Fortune, or the Progress of Richard Hunter by Horatio Alger. Chapter Sixteen. Roswell Crawford retires from business. Can you send this home for me? asked a lady in Hall and Turner's store about three o'clock in the afternoon of the day on which Dick, as we have related, was arrested. Certainly, madam, where shall it be sent? asked the clerk. North 47 West 40th Street, was the reply. Very well, it shall be sent up immediately. Here, Roswell. Roswell Crawford came forward not very willingly. He had no great liking for the task which he saw would be required of him. 40th Street was at least a mile and a half distant, and he had already just returned from a walk in a different direction. Besides, the bundle was a large one, containing three dress patterns. He did not think it very suitable for a gentleman's son to be seen carrying such a large bundle through the streets. "'Why don't you send Edward?' he said complainingly. "'He doesn't do half as much as I.' "'I shall send whom I please,' said the clerk sharply. "'You wouldn't do anything if you could help it.' "'I won't carry bundles much longer,' said Roswell. "'You put all the heaviest bundles off upon me.' Roswell's back, being turned, he did not observe Mr. Turner, who had come up as he was speaking. "'What are you complaining about?' asked the gentleman. Roswell turned and colored a little when he saw his employer. "'What is the matter?' repeated Mr. Turner. "'Mr. Evans always gives me the largest bundles to carry,' said Roswell. "'He is always complaining of having to carry bundles,' said the clerk. He says it isn't suitable work for a gentleman's son. "'I have noticed it,' said Mr. Turner. "'On the whole, I think, Mr. Crawford,' he said with mock deference, "'I think you have mistaken your vocation in entering a dry-goods store. I advise you to seek some more gentlemanly employment. At the end of the week you are at liberty to leave my employment for one better suited to you.' "'I'm ready to go now,' said Roswell sulkily. "'Very well. If you desire it, I will not insist upon your remaining.' If you will come back to the desk, you shall receive what is due you. It was somewhat humiliating to Roswell to feel that his services were so readily dispensed with. Still he had never liked the place, and heartily disliked carrying bundles. By going at once, he would get rid of the large bundle to be carried to West 40th Street. Congratulating himself, therefore, on the whole, on escaping from what he regarded as a degrading servitude, he walked up to the desk in a dignified manner, and received the wages due him. "'I hope you will find some more congenial employment,' said Mr. Turner, who paid him the amount of his wages. "'I have no doubt I shall,' said Roswell loftily. "'My father was a gentleman, and our family has considerable influence.' "'Well, I wish you success. Good-bye.' "'Good-bye,' said Roswell, and walked out of the shop with head erect. He did not quite like going home at once, as explanation would be rather awkward under the circumstances. He accordingly crossed over to Fifth Avenue, considering that the most suitable promenade for a gentleman's son. He could not help regarding with some envy the happy possessors of the elegant buildings which he passed. Why had partial fate denied him that fortune which would have enabled him to live in this favored locality? Plenty of snobs have got money, he thought. How much better I could use it than they. I wish I were rich. You wouldn't catch me slaving my life out in a dry-goods store or any other. This was undoubtedly true. Work of any kind had no charms for Roswell. To walk up the avenue swinging a dandy cane, dressed in the height of the fashion, 
or what was better yet, sitting back luxuriously in an elegant carriage drawn by a dashing span, such was what he regarded himself most fit for. But unfortunately he was not very likely to realize his wishes. The desire to enjoy wealth doesn't bring it, and the tastes of a gentleman are not a very good stock to begin life with. So Roswell sauntered along in rather a discontented frame of mind, until he reached Madison Park, where he sat down on a bench, and listlessly watched some boys who were playing there. "'Hello, Roswell,' said one of his acquaintances, coming up by chance. "'How do you happen to be here?' "'Why shouldn't I be here? I thought you were in a store somewhere on Sixth Avenue.' "'Well, I was, but I have left it.' "'When did you leave it?' "'Today.' "'Got sacked, eh?' "'Sacked,' in the New York vernacular, means discharged from a place." The idea of having it supposed that he had been sacked was not pleasing to Roswell's pride. He accordingly answered, I was never sacked in my life. Besides, it's a low word, and I never use it. Well, you know what I mean. Did they turn you off? No, they didn't. They would have been glad to have me stay. Why didn't you then? I didn't like the business. Dry goods, wasn't it? Yes, a retail dry goods store. And if I ever go into that line again, it'll be in a wholesale store. There's a chance there for a man to rise. You don't call yourself a man yet, do you? I call myself a gentleman, said Roswell shortly. What are you going to do now? I am in no hurry about a new place. I shall look round a little. Well, success to you. I must be getting back to the shop. What are you doing? I'm learning a trade. Oh, said Roswell, turning up his nose slightly, which was quite easy for him to do as nature had given that organ an upward turn. He thought all trades low, and resolved hereafter to hold as little communication as possible with the boy who had so far demeaned himself as to be learning one. That was worse than being in a dry-goods store and carrying around bundles. Towards six o'clock Roswell rose from his seat and sauntered towards Clinton Place, which was nearly a mile distant. He entered the house a little before dinner. "'Are you not rather earlier than usual, Roswell?' asked his mother. "'I've left the store,' he said abruptly. "'Left the store?' echoed his mother in some dismay. "'Why?' "'Because they don't know how to treat me. It's no fit place for a gentleman's son.' "'I am sorry, Roswell,' said Mrs. Crawford, who, like her son, was poor and proud, and found the four dollars he earned weekly of advantage. "'I'm afraid you have been foolish.' "'Listen, mother, and I'll tell you all about it,' he said. Roswell gave his explanation, which, it need hardly be said, was very favorable to himself, and Mrs. Crawford was finally brought to believe that Hall and Turner were low people, with whom it was not suitable for one of her son's gentlemanly taste to be placed. His vindication was scarcely over when the bell rang, and his cousin Gilbert was admitted. Mr. Gilbert entered briskly, with a smiling face. He felt unusually complacent, having succeeded in his designs against our hero. "'Well, James,' said Mrs. Crawford, you look in better spirits than I feel. What happened amiss? Roswell has given up his place. Been discharged, you mean? No, said Roswell. I left the place of my own accord. What for? I don't like the firm, nor the business. I wish I were in Mr. Rockwell's. Well, said Gilbert, perhaps I can get you in there. Has the boot black left? He's found another place, said Gilbert, smiling at what he regarded as a good joke. You don't mean to say he has left a place where he was earning ten dollars a week, said Mrs. Crawford in surprise. Where is this new place that you speak of? In the station house. Is he in the station house? 
asked Roswell eagerly. That is what I hear. What's he been doing? Charged with picking a pocket. Well, I do hope Mr. Rockwell will now see his folly in engaging a boy from the streets, said Mrs. Crawford, charitably concluding that there was no doubt of our hero's guilt. What'll be done with him, Cousin James? asked Roswell. He'll be sent to the island, I suppose. He may get clear. I think not. Circumstances are very much against him, I hear. And will you try to get me in, Cousin James? I'll do what I can. Perhaps it may be well for you to drop in tomorrow, about ten o'clock. All right, I'll do it. Both Mrs. Crawford's and Roswell's spirits revived wonderfully, and Mr. Gilbert, too, seemed unusually lively and all because poor Dick had got into difficulties, and seemed in danger of losing both his place and his good name. "'It's lucky I left Hall and Turner's just as I did,' thought Roswell complacently. "'Maybe they'd like to engage the boot-black when he gets out of prison. But I guess he'll have to go back to blacking boots. That's what he's most fit for.'" End of chapter 16